Welcome to the Corny and Lind Legal Chatter Podcast, where we discuss different but likely scenarios, provide general legal information, and get to know our lawyers. Please note that this podcast series does not provide or intends to provide legal advice. My name is Heilala Tanbete and I'm a director with the client engagement and business development team here at Corny and Lind. And this afternoon I have the great pleasure of uh, being joined by Mr. Hongi Han, who is one of our senior lawyers with our litigation team, as well as Margarita Lamour, who's our IT and business development officer. So good afternoon to you both, and thanks for giving up some of your precious time to uh, chat with us today on Legal Chatter. Good afternoon, Halala. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us, Halala. Yeah, and look, so the reason as to why I've uh, asked both of you to join me is, um, you know, we're coming up to our sixth month of the new norm. <laughs> and the new norm is that of uh, COVID-19 and living and working uh, with uh, restricted measures in place. Uh, we've been so blessed here in Queensland because uh, those restrictions, I think, fare much better than that of our other uh, states. And I really feel for Victoria, who's uh, in, I, I've lost count, maybe the fourth week of a complete lockdown. And, um, you know, I thought it would be great to have you both uh, this afternoon talking with me uh, with a particular focus on on small businesses. I know that most of them are doing it tough because on the front line, we get the inquiries as they come in um, with just, uh, yeah, uh, small to medium sized enterprises, you know, seeking help and assistance, uh, you know, they come for the legalities, but we also uh, partake in the emotional, you know, hear about the financial, and it's a roller coaster uh, in this season. Wouldn't you agree, Hongi? Um, I know that you've been dealing with quite a number of uh, inquiries on that front. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Um, I think in general, people have just, uh, people have been, a lot of businesses have been struggling to adapt to especially those alternative work arrangements that's been necessary because of the restrictions um, and, and probably the more heavier lockdowns. Mm. Uh, and I think the survival for many of the businesses have depended a lot on their online dependability, um, which Margarita will probably elaborate a little more on yeah. this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So in your role, when you're dealing with these client matters, you know, um, without going into too much information or specifics more like, um, mm. how have you seen these businesses struggled uh, during COVID-19? Well, initially, um, we've seen a big uptick in the JobKeeper inquiries. Mm -hmm. Legislation kicked in, when the scheme kicked in back in April. And being a law firm that had that had its foundations in not-for-profit and charities, we've had a lot of our clients inquire about their eligibility as well as the more technical aspects of the legislation. And um, I do think the Morrison government's done a wonderful job of introducing the uh, JobKeeper scheme in response to the pandemic. Mm. Uh, but the struggle we've seen in the initial stages, um, even through now, um, had a lot to do with the uncertainty surrounding the scheme. Uh, due to its uh, unprecedented and urgent nature. Mm. I'd also say 
Uh, we've seen a surge of inquiries uh, coming in relating to retail shops and restaurants that have shop fronts. Yes, yes, um, because of social distancing measures, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. And, 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 you know, due to the limited amount of customers they can have and the restrictions, um, are, we, we've, we've seen a big struggle uh, firsthand throughout this period. Uh, it's It's been quite evident that the businesses that didn't have um, or weren't sort of reliant on, on, on an online presence have taken a real hit. And although the JobKeeper scheme and COVID legislation for, uh, for, for commercial leases has helped a lot to retain staff and perhaps even stave off insolvency, um, it's, it's obviously not enough to sustain a profitable business. Mm. Okay, um, you know, you make a, a couple of really interesting points there, and I'll hold off the online uh, questions for Margarita because I know she's got some uh, great uh, suggestions or tips to offer us later. But just mm. in regards to you, you mentioned about leases, um, so specifically to do with lease agreements, can you offer some sort of advice for, for small businesses that are, you know, e in this period, they've probably seen the sort of assistance that the government has given, but now they're just, you know, struggling on the day to day. Like, what's been your advice for small businesses struggling in this area? Well, first thing is, um, is, is, you know, this, and this is probably more specifically for affected leases under the COVID lease regulation. And to be specific, it's the retail shop lease and other commercial leases. COVID-19 um, emergency response regulation. Um, yeah. That's the full name of it, but I'll just call it COVID lease regulation. Um, it's, first thing is to check um, if, if, if you meet the definition of an affected lease and, and, and broadly and basically it's, it's, it's any small to medium sized business that's eligible for JobKeeper, right? Yeah. Um, first thing I'd say is it's best to have uh, a, a legal professional um, or and, and, and even a financial professional to look over your uh, uh, documents, look, look over your lease and check your finances. Yes. Uh, and specifically with lease agreements, I would I would probably say uh, negotiate and cooperate as much as possible with your landlord or tenant and see if you can come to a mediated solution because of the unprecedented nature of the legislation, uh, the legalities involved, if it results in a dispute, can be quite tricky to navigate from a lawyer's perspective. Um, and if the dispute doesn't work out, you could go through a dispute resolution process via the Queensland Small Business Commissioner, uh, but it's going to be much more cost effective and time efficient to cooperate and come to a resolution. Mm. And another thing is, it's not it's not sort of this catch-all legislation that lets you, you know, sort of just be completely laissez-faire about your shopfront business, right? Um, you, 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 so what do you mean by that? So you still have to honour the lease, mm. and there are, um, although you can sort of um, mitigate uh, the overheads by not paying rent, um, there are, the, the lease is still going to be upheld. So, um, you know, in those instances, th th there could be instances of, of, of breach um, that you might not have thought about before or that um, either the tenant or landlord can can point to to actually um, terminate the lease, you know, for instance, um, or bring up an issue with it. So those are the sorts of things you want to watch out for and perhaps preempt and, and yeah. get a professional to look over it 
beforehand um, to ensure that you, you, you do the sort of right checks and balances and mitigations necessary to avoid those sort of um, sort of situations. Yeah, no, that's great advice, um, uh, Hongi. Um, so basically what you're saying that if there is a breach that was in existence quite separately from what small businesses are suffering with COVID, that breach is still going to be found to be in breach of, of the lease document per se and, and nothing that falls under the legislation. Is that right? Yes, that's right. It's it's possible that that may be the case. Um, now, every case is case by case, so I'm not necessarily making a blanket statement yeah. When I say that, but what 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 is for sure here is that um, what I can say with absolute certainty is that you still need to honour most of the terms of the essential terms of the lease. Okay, good, good. That's great advice. So I know, Hongying, uh, that you had written uh, an article, I think just when COVID had started, um, outlining three tips for businesses to last a prolonged COVID period. Well, we're now into our sixth month of this COVID season. And, um, you know, could you say that some of your predictions or some of your tips way back then uh, have actually come into fruition or held true today? I would say it's 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 it probably um, applies still to this day. You know, um, a lot of the um, governmental aid namely JobKeeper and um, new legislation like the one I just mentioned, the, the COVID lease leg regulation, mm -hmm. um, that, that still applies to this day, you know, and, and um, I, we've seen that sort of influx of inquiries um, specifically to do with the circumstances um, that relate to those two legislations. Mm. Um, so uh, one, of, one of the tips here was to make sure you get across that governmental aid eligibility and um, the, the the provisions of the new legislation, um, and to make sure that you take advantage of um, of the scheme if you're eligible, um, and, and whether that's JobKeeper or um, you know uh, uh, other other schemes um, that people can take advantage of, mm. and to make sure that um, you're across the new legislation enough um, so that you know uh, what's coming if it comes. You know, and and um, I, I mean, I think the other two tips were more on the practical end, manage work arrangements for the long term. So yeah. that's that's I another thing. That's true. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, and, and, you know, it, 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 there's a sense where we just don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, you know, um, and we don't know how the governments are going to uh, respond to it because at the, even at the moment, the governments are doing different things and, um, you know, it's really important to prepare for that. Mm. Um, and, and I think the other thing was the, the third tip was manage your employees. So um, that's probably a more obvious one. Um, check JobKeeper eligibility again and ensure that, um, you know, there's probably some performance issues um, that's going to be necessary to look at um, because, you know, if you have remote working arrangements, um, that's another thing to take into account. How are you going to measure performance? I think that's a big question a lot of people have. Um, so, yeah, those, I think these tips are very much relevant. This was written back in March, but looking at it now, I can just, yeah, it's, 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 um, it's, it's not a badly written article. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> for our listeners who are listening out there, um, we will make uh, a link to Hongi's three tips for surviving a prolonged COVID period uh, when your business are uh, available again. But just on another tip as well, uh, the Queensland government on their Business Queensland site actually has a COVID business assistance finder and you can find that on business.qld.gov.au forward slash COVID dash assistance. Basically what it does is it will ask you as to what size business you are, your industry, where you're located, um, what your business does and um, once you hit the submit button it will actually make available for you the various types of grants and assistance that is available depending on which sector you are and the quick links to uh, applications that can be made so uh, assistance is readily available now just um, moving on um, Margarita I know Hongi touched uh, quite quickly on um, online uh, having an online presence do you want to talk yeah. A little bit about you know what your experience has been uh, in terms of uh, in terms of uh, working uh, with us and seeing how uh, our landscape has uh, changed or reformatted given the new requirements. Yeah, definitely. I think I'm, I'm glad Hongi touched on that because um, in this current climate, we're seeing that a lot and more businesses uh, need to adapt and evolve in the current climate. And one of those things um, that can be done is to adapt your marketing during COVID-19. Uh, we've certainly done that here at Corny and Lind. Um, and one thing that we've noticed, I'll just go through, I've got four tips to share. So I'll just go through those. Um, so, so tip number one would be to use paid ads. So these are on either Google or social media. And at the minute, we're finding here at Kony and Lin that the paid ads are actually quite cheap at the moment. And it's a great way to advertise because there is more and more people spending more and more time online. Um, so much so that in March, uh, companies like Netflix, they had to reduce their streaming quality in Europe just to help with the demand. Oh, wow. um, I know it, it's it's crazy times we're in. Um, so I guess in a nutshell, traffic on the web is up. Therefore, there are fewer advertisers, and this means that ads are cheaper. So mm. it's best to utilize that if you've got that in your budget. So that would be tip number one. Uh, tip number two would be to offer payment plans for services or products such as Afterpay. Mm. So I think that this will help with your conversion rates, you know, converting potential clients or customers into actual clients. And yeah. I think that it also assists customers alleviate that financial burden when they want to do business with you. Mm. Uh, tip number three would be to offer education-based training online. With um, unemployment on the rise at the minute, there are I think more and more people looking for new opportunities or they're looking to upskill or they're looking to learn a new skill. So if your business is so inclined to offer this sort of training, I think you should um, grab that opportunity while it lasts. Um, tip number four would be uh, geography diversification. So there are some countries uh, that are doing quite well in this current climate. And if your business allows you to diversify geography, geographically um, and to be less reliant on on the one economy that you're in um, I think that's also a great tip to to grab a hold of oh that's excellent thanks for those tips max um, what um, 
from an IT perspective, because you also mm. look after our information technology. I do. Yeah. Uh, what would be your advice to small businesses and that are still having to sit this out? Okay, so I think that something that's really come to the forefront for a lot of businesses, and that's small and big businesses, um, is that IT is 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 something that is that every uh, business needs to rely on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen that with working from home, you have to have your IT support. You've got to have all your technology and all your devices working for you, so that you can continue your business. Um, so I think the tips here would be to ensure that you have strong and resilient IT systems, um, to ensure that your applications are supported and you're not you know, working with legacy-based systems, for example, a Windows 2007, which is no longer supported. Yes. I think making sure that your um, all your systems in place um, are, are going to be supported so that it gives you sort of the best opportunity in this current climate that we're in. Um, I think that something else to sort of um, to think about is I understand that when we do move to new systems, there can be an IT skill gap. And if you have some staff that have downtime at the moment, uh, suggest online training courses to upskill them in those new systems that are going to be in place Um, or upskill them in online conferencing. We're seeing a a huge um, increase in everybody using, say, Zoom or um, MS Teams. And a lot of people may may not be comfortable with using those systems. So so if they have some downtime, uh, I think training is, is a great way to go. Yeah, no, that's that's absolutely fundamental, um, and that's that's great, Mags. Thank you very much for uh, those tips. Um, you know, you you talk about um, uh, about IT and um, how we've had to adapt <laughs> to yeah. strong and resilient IT systems in this this period. And uh, one of the things that's really come to the fore for me is about working securely online. And uh, Hongi, just to bring it back into your line of work as well, this also includes, you know, keeping IT, privacy and cybersecurity policies uh, all updated because with corona with coronavirus and in this season in particular uh the scams have just become more and more sophisticated and i I speak about that from a you know we from our experience of managing general inboxes and um we can see that scams particularly for for small businesses or for those that aren't as it savvy uh the exploitation just comes directly in to the businesses and at an unsuspecting individual and they come in the form of emails or text messages you know claiming to provide official information but they really are attempts to uh get personal or business information uh out from this so you know um uh, Hongi, and I know that you also do this within your line of work, but uh, just a couple of key things I'd probably be encouraging as well for small businesses is to regularly review, you know, uh, policies if you have them in existence or alternatively um, make a holistic approach of getting all staff to contribute as to what works best uh, for them. Keeping uh, those policies or guidelines uh well-documented and accessible for each and all, communicating it to your staff on the importance of it, because these are unusual times for us to be operating in, as well as just educating on procedures uh, that need to be followed if you are hit by scams. Did I, would you have anything else to add to that, Margarita? Yeah, no, I think I think you've touched on it really well, and, and we're finding that 
more and more people are trying to take advantage in this pandemic mm. uh, and take advantage of people in vulnerable situations. So I would go back um, so far as to say um, training courses in cybersecurity might be something that your staff in downtime can also do just to retain that resilience um, within um, you know, your colleagues and within your IT systems. Fantastic. And Holly, do you have any further comments? Well, the only thing I'd probably add is is um, to say that I, I would really emphasize the point you're making there, Halala, to strengthen your IT systems and resistance against cybersecurity because when it comes to taking things um, into consideration from a legal standpoint, it's, it's, it's very difficult oftentimes to deal with situations where you've you've already suffered harm and 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 yeah. have, have had those sorts of privacy breaches because these entities that uh uh carry out these scams um oftentimes uh uh um have a veil on them that's yeah. hard to yeah. track down or they tend to be overseas entities that we just have no idea how to deal with you know um from from a legal standpoint um, so watch out for those um, and uh, make sure that you preempt any sort of attacks on that front. Um, I would I would absolutely back up that 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 advice. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you both so much for taking some time of, out of your busy Wednesday afternoon to join me on this. Uh, to our listeners, uh, we will have this uh, podcast available on our website, or you can find out more information uh, from our COVID-19 page where we gather all our resources and make them available on a range of of legal issues addressing issues which you may be facing during this covid season thank you both and uh, we will see you next time thank you for listening to the corny and lind legal chatter podcast stay tuned for the next episode of corny and lind legal chatter if you require specific legal advice for your situation contact us directly on 07 or go to www.cornianlind.com.au forward slash contact.